Protocol Sun very cleverly never transcended from it moved from the voice of a young man to be more of a mature man. Mm. That's why as soon as he touched a teenage man, he couldn't really hear what Father has to say, decides he's going to do his own thing. It is important that the wording says he goes to a far country because that's what happens to many men do that. We go to a far country. Literally means we're not hearing you. That's all it means. We're not hearing you. Yeah? We, we, we're not hearing you. Don't want to hear you. Far country is going as far away from the voice of a father. When he goes to a far country, God does very cleverly. God will let you run out of juice. He'll wait until you have no more substance. Something will happen when yeah. you come to the end of things. Then he releases the famine. And releasing the famine is where God makes life worse for you to have you think about where am I going from here. Okay. He goes to a, now a second father, you could say, who now is to take care of him. But this father figure dashed the brother in a, a little pig pen. Yeah? Just fling him there. And when he's there, he starts to think. And he now compares the two types of fathers. Mm. One of them doesn't care about who I am and my potential. Whereas he remembers his father. And it's important that the father, all through up to this point, we've never heard his voice. Yeah. Because fathers... Know when I'm a father figure. I'm a father figure, I'm a spiritual father, and when I'm speaking, especially to men, I can tell if you hear me or you don't hear me. I'll speak to men and we get on and I'll, I'll say something to them to help to empower them, but I can tell by your tone if you're mm. listening to me now. Okay. So when it comes to me uh, um, pastoring men, I can tell, I can just pick up that little tune in your voice as I can with my, my, my son. My, my, my son's a big man now, but when my son would come home, chat his little business, we laugh, we joke, not a problem. He said, boy, dad, boy, 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 yeah, dad, we saying, yeah, you're cool, son. But there'd be one moment when he says, boy, there's something about when he said it then, mm. voila. You hear what I just said? There's something about when you said, boy, dad, then I picked up the spirit behind that of disrespect. You think me and you his size? You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so what can happen when you have children, you and your sons can get on fine and laugh and joke, mm. but they just say a word. Yeah. And you just pick up, what did you just say, son? Mm. You pick up, there's something behind that that tells me, okay, I need to shut that down. Yeah. As, as, a, as a spiritual father figure to sons, I can pick up in their voice when they're moving in the era of disrespect to not hearing me. Yeah. And they are, they, they may be literally before me, okay. but they have really spiritually gone to a far country. They're moving away from me. Yeah. And there comes a time where I'm not a voice to you. Yeah. When you read about Samuel in First Samuel chapter 3, he's just a boy working out the voice. By the time you get to chapter 7, we see him in ministry as a prophet. That whole inch of the whole in-between period, he would, have been, he would have been trained, God would have been talking to him gradually differently until he gets to that stage. And God is trying to make sure that men don't forfeit how God speaks to them at the different stages. We have a problem when father figures tell us off, especially based on having no fathers beforehand or our version of a father is abusive. So then when a good father tells us off, we don't hear them. We hear the voice of the abusive father. It's psychological. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why when, when we, we, as an example, we, we get married. When you get married, um, your wife could have had a bad experience, say, with men. Um, when you and her have a disagreement, she don't hear you. Sure. 
she hear the previous relationship. Yeah, right. The man may have insecure issues. Yeah. So when the wife corrects him, he doesn't hear her. He hears, hold on a minute, who are you talking to? Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, right. Now, God wants to come in with his voice and deal with us at those different stages of our life. Okay? And if we're going to progress and be the spiritual uh, men we're called to be, we need to take heed to just from, we do, let's say we do anyway, from today, hearing how the voice is speaking to me today. Okay. Okay? That's really important. Okay? Let's stop there. Let's talk. I hope you're going to go to, I hope you're taking notes now. Everyone's looking. Mm-hmm. I wasn't making a case for Huh? I wanted to keep up with the notes. <laughs> <laughs> the way we're recording, so it's calm. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Um, I've got a few questions as well. Well, um, well, let's start with the way in, tonality that we're talking about. Say again? Are you talking about tonality when people are talking to each other, or are you talking about something deeper? Can be that as well. Which can be deeper? Okay, so how does one train their ear or their voice to adjust and understand the Okay, we're, we're talking from, a, am I talking from a Christian perspective? Yeah, from a make sure. In terms yeah. of the spirit, in yeah. terms of if someone's actually talking from their spirit rather than their ego, or if someone's actually talking to kind of, um, you know that some people are sarcastic, you know, in their, in their, I don't know thing. Okay, if someone's sarcastic to you? Not just me, or me. To, to, to one's faith, one's okay. Oh, okay, let me ask you a question. How would you know? I don't know the fuck what you must know. You have a conscience. <laughs> okay, you get where I'm coming from. Okay, let me make something clear here. Let me. That's a good point, though. We're made up of what? Spirit, yeah. soul, and body. Yeah. You all know that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me simplify something. There's the voice of the flesh, mm-hmm. which is the world, the voice of the soul is me, myself. The voice of the spirit is in the voice of the Lord. When it comes to, when I become a Christian now, it is the, the highest level is the voice within my spirit man. That voice is now connected to my, the voice of my, my, actually the voice of my spirit is also, they would say the voice of your conscience. Yeah. That voice is now connected to my conscience, my spirit. Why that needs to be said is now I, I, I map through life based on, the word, mm-hmm. what's written, okay? The word, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how people treat you, it's how you treat them according to the word. word. That's good. But also, what you pick up in your spirit. You hear what I'm saying? We have to be careful that, um, oh, my words, I've got to be careful with the words. I, there's a, have you heard of spiritual mapping? The term spiritual mapping came about years ago, and they use it in, in context of, um, an area, what we're in Battersea. So spiritual mapping would be able to be able to recognize what's going on in the spirit realm in Battersea. But spiritual mapping, that's a high level of spiritual mapping. The lowest level of spiritual mapping is me. Yeah, Me being able to follow the path and the direction concerning me and picking up things around me. Okay? You understand that? Does that make sense? I'm trying to be simple. It's not all in terms of spiritual mapping, when you said in Battersea, reading the areas that kind of like the certain areas that might be more, yeah. I don't know, black or black violence due to some sort of spiritual violence, or there might be more homelessness or drug use. Fantastic. The done. Yeah, the done. The done. Yeah, go. Did I, did, did I answer the last one? I did good. Did I answer the last one? I didn't even realize. 
Gone ahead. Okay, you need both. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You need both. Mimicking isn't bad if it's good. If it's me trying to work out something That's good. until I find myself. You mimic your dad. You mimic your parents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, we've we got to be careful. It's not a bad thing. Okay, mimic him because that's where I'm seeing something about someone and we say, I want to be Ronaldo. I want to be this. I want to be that. Which I mimic them on a football page. There's nothing wrong. We have to be careful. The, the word within itself is not wrong. Okay? So that word within itself is not wrong. We need that. Okay? The first stages of anything to do with growing up yeah. is you mimic someone. Yeah. You see someone you follow as an example. Yeah? You need that. Christ said to his disciples, follow me. Yeah, so that's good. The, the negative side of that is when you never find yourself. Okay? So they're not bad at all. So you need them both. Um, if you are mimicking, mimicking, can I say the word, or following someone who's a good example, the goal is that, that you're using them as the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, and the point of reference for my life. And it helps play a part. That's what discipleship is. Yeah, discipleship. Yeah, if I'm going to disciple you, then you are taking on board my teaching, taking on board what I say, and to do what I do. Mm. Yeah, so it's all good, but it helps you to find yourself eventually. And a good discipler wants you to, as example, if I was going to disciple you according to the word, I'm just discipling you according to the word. Yeah, but eventually I will now try and help you to become the word. And look and see where the word is working and not working. Become the word. What the word is, that's what you are. So the word says what? To love? Are you love? Okay. What do you think an example of love is? Be careful when you come to me, my friends. It's really important that what is your example of love? You know, but not joke, we can laugh. You know why I say that? Because your version of love may be incorrect. That's good. So if I ask you what's your version, I wanna i I'm trying to locate where you are. Shut up. I feel like um, my version of love mm. is um being able to um Override my any, any of my personal judgment or issue or opinions, whilst a sister someone in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, that could be that to be no, that's, that's good. That's fine. That's fine. But if we, if I was to, I use the term blow, blowing you a gap you love, because 
Okay. A gap halo. Go deep on him now. A gap halo. You ask, you get. You go get him, I tell you. I'm ready for you. Yeah. But I'm gonna finish you. You have no hat. You have no coat. You have nothing on. Yeah, I'm not ready. A gap halo is God's type of love, which is that and more. Which goes beyond how you feel and what you're going through, and expects of you to treat people a certain way, mm. regardless of how they treat you. Regardless. That. that, okay, that's in you. That's just a working out as you walk on the process with God. That's I don't good. know if I answered your question. No, keep throwing up. Amanda, have your questions ready, you know. A man and a prophet, because you said um. Jezebel threatened um, Elijah. Elijah the man. Okay, prophet, let me simplify it. Forget the word prophet referring to his capability. That's good. Yeah? She couldn't mess with his capability. And I'm trying to use it simply, yeah? Because we can hide behind capability. Hide behind our success or what we do. But who is the man? The man was insecure. So then we hear of people that are millionaires, highly successful, suddenly business... Uh, takes a hit low, and then they go and commit suicide. What does that tell you? Highly successful externally, but they were used depression or issues internally. Do you know what I'm saying? She attacked the boy in him. She attacked the person who was, was poor as a man. And God will use you, regardless of your character, on the way to perfection. Okay because he's not gonna shut down what you're meant to do, but he wants to still work on your character at the same time. And I'm dealing lately with a lot of men that just leave. Jesus. She told me to leave. What do you mean she told you to leave? Is that all it took? Fathers will stay, yeah? And they keep leaving, they keep going. Anything that happens, they bun that. And they go, no, get back home. Hmm. And I have to tell all these fathers, let her leave, you don't leave. Why? Yeah, because you're the head. Head can't leave. Let the body go, head stay. <laughs> yeah? Why do I say that? No disrespect to women, but I'm trying to say as a man, you don't leave, let them leave, you don't leave. Because it's about time men stop leaving. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, let them leave, let them say, I'm leaving you. Then off you go. But I'm staying right here. Go on, sir. You see, with, with that, live in a world where the reality powers um, women in such a way that they can tell you to leave. And if you don't leave, there are consequences. Like, you know... Mm, I hear that, but that's not true. No? No. Okay, so why do you say that? Because what power does a woman have to tell you just to leave and you leave? Like, also, What's, what force is this? So what I'm to say is, is, is like within, like it seems like the political fights against the spiritual is what I'm trying to say. So there is there is a push that you know because it's it's, it's some sort of academic speech. I hate <laughs> that. that you know, it's, but you, but it's not true because the truth is this. Yeah, at the end of the day, if a woman was to call a, call the police on the man, the police would come round. They would just want to know what happened. Did he thump you up? No. Right. What did you say? No. No? Okay. What happened? We argued. Mm. Okay. Sort it out. They're gone. Yeah. It's true. What power? I want to know because I'm interested. What power? I think he's referring to the social pressure. Well, social pressure. What social pressure? 
the only the, the, the modern world. That's what I think. What Swayze alluded right. to. Right. Okay. But it's not. It's not a true power. It's not a. Yeah. But you said something clever though. The, the social pressure. Yeah. Which which is why hear this one. All of those things are voices. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All of those things are voices. Was it my man who said? Who was? Where's my man? You said you turned off your. You said you just turned off your internet the other day. Social, it? social media. So it turned off social media. I was taken back when you said that. Yeah. yeah because. That yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, it's your voice. But the the thing is this. The ultimate voice for the man should be the voice of the Lord. That's good. Yeah. That's the ultimate voice. Everything you said has power. Like Jezebel, when the power of the voice of the Father is not resident in you as it ought to be. <sighs> but the truth is, I counsel men in this area. I have not heard one man give me a good example where they're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from, you know, I'm fed up with her. She told me to leave. I, I can't do it. I want to box you. But I can't box you. But I'm vexed. Because is that all it takes? Mm. Then you are, you've sowed the seed in your generation to leave. Jesus. Now you've hit something really important. That's where we need pastoring. That's where we need counseling. That's where we need help. We need support because we need one another. We need Moses, no matter who he was, he needed others to hold up his hands. We need support. Because you said the major thing where we don't know how or have never been have never been brought up that way or whatever. That's how we deal. We need someone to come and help us on the journey. And that's why it's key that we will become father figures to be a father to someone else. That's that is key. Yeah, that's what we need. And then we can help to maneuver. So when I'm dealing with scenarios when men go, I want to know why did you go? Because she said, How did that? How did that work out for you to just leave? Now, if you leave to blow off steam, I can hear that. But if you're actually thinking of leaving, well, why did you get married? Is that all it took? The devil ain't, don't take much to brock you down. Mm. But I'm gentle with it. I'm talking to us guys here, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the truth is, it's our makeup. Yeah. A lot of it is, goes deeper than us leaving. Yeah. Who left in your life? What's wrong in your life? You understand? It mm. goes deeper. So we need others to help us to do our own spiritual mapping, to help us in those areas, because we all struggle. I had a situation with my wife. I don't know, we were arguing about something. I said, shut up, man. I said, you know what? I'm going. I'm not leaving. I'm going. I was just going to walk out of the house. You know, no mind they jump in my Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, knock down cat, knock down cow, anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my encounter was, I said, child, I'm jump in my car. Yeah, which I could have. But as I was about to do it, God shouted at me and said, don't you dare. I went, oh, oh my God. What did I do wrong? Yeah. He said, don't you dare, Isaac, do that. Yeah. Because you don't see it as anything, but that's like a seed. Mm -hmm. And it grows. And it, it can grow 
and grow. And so far, I've dealt with so many men that keep on leaving. Keep on just saying they're leaving, then I'll get them to come back. Keep on leaving. There must come a time where you come back not because of me. Mm. You must come back because of you. Mm. And what happens is without fail, eventually they never come because it becomes a pattern in their life. Not realizing you're not just leaving. As soon as you start to leave, Satan is on the rampage talking to you. Yeah, stupid woman. She don't know nothing. You're the man of the arts, blah, blah, blah. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you're not Tom Perdon, but we can think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's the real. The talk is real. The talk is real. And then the worst thing that can happen to us is that the people that we speak to Yes, sir. Are idiot man just like us. <laughs> that's the worst thing Bible we can do. Barbershop talk. Huh? talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Telling us foolishness. Leave her. Come man, come party. <laughs> yeah? So we need good men around us. Good men around us to say, brethren, I hear you, my friend. I understand why you left home. But you know what? I think you should go back home, you know, my friend. Yeah. Now you don't understand. Come. That's your wife. Wife. But she's going on a certain way. I hear you, I hear you. But, okay. Never underestimate. Hmm. Yeah, if you have children, never underestimate. You think they don't know nothing? Maybe they don't. But never underestimate what Satan is speaking to them. Your dad don't care about you. He's leaving because of you. Don't play with the enemy. You've been doing this for thousands of years. Uh. He's skilled in what he's doing. The sad thing is we're not skilled in what we should know. He's just mashing us up. I don't think Satan has to do much these days. He sits back, he can't believe how YouTube has helped him. First protocol is that the voice has to become established. When it's established, you can do what you want. You can listen or not listen, you know it's God. <laughs> yeah? When it becomes established, which is the worst thing, you know that's God. And then you decide what to do. But in the world we're living in, for men, that voice needs to become stronger in us. Mm. So when I want to do this, the voice says, don't do it. Mm. Don't do it. I was in a situation where I was working with... Um, in a youth club, yeah. when I was coming up in the area of working with youth, and I was working in a youth club, and uh, there was, you know, group of guys, their little gangs or whatever it is, and, and one guy was bullying some younger guy, so I went in there and just stopped it. As I stopped it, uh, this guy, either, it's the guy or I'm getting old, this guy, before I could even finish, had his hand around my neck, Jeez. bottle in his hand, and I was holding him off until the staff came, and his brethren were there watching, because depending on what I do, mm. he's gonna kick off. <laughs> <laughs> this happened like it was a split second, but it felt like hours. Because when I was holding him off, it was like I went into a zone. God started speaking to me. And it's like I felt God's hand on my, my, my shoulder and said, Eyes. Eyes. Because I was thinking, I can't brock up this young boy. Oh pastor by now. <laughs> oh come on, let's be getting it. Because I'm thinking. I just want to rock up this boy. And as God speaks to me, I'm having this conversation. 
I can take him still, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I can play, I've got a little bit left. I've got a little bit left. Because I had the ball, I could just twist it, I could get it, Lord. And all I heard was, I said, no. I said, no. I said, no. I have two choices. Hmm. Snap. <laughs> I had to wait. But me, I felt shame. Mm. I felt shame. Call him off. Everyone come, take him off. His brethren are there. I felt shame. No. Find this Christianity. <laughs> 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 and, uh, funny enough, I didn't have my car that day. And I, was, so, I walked home feeling so bad, so shame. Thinking, no, that's never happened to me. Why don't they do that? The little boy, they need a boxer, you know. There must be some room in the Bible for this. <laughs> the next day, that was a Friday. By the next day, I go to my barbers. Remember, this is the powerful thing about the voice of the Lord. When I go to the barbers, I'm there. Barber told everyone shouting and screaming, yeah, blah, blah, we're laughing and we're joking. I noticed, I only noticed, because it was quite evident that someone was trying to hide in the corner. Oh, I've man. never seen this guy in my barber. My property, my toes! <laughs> <laughs> Shut the door, my friend! <laughs> yeah. And I looked and I noticed him sitting there and I only know because he saw me. So he's like this. <laughs> and I saw him. And then I heard the Lord say to me, look, Isaac, he's only a boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. So I went up to him. His spirit left him, I'm sure, yeah? That's why him, because he's dead. You're, this is all big man talk now, you know? We're in a, you're in a big man place. I've never seen him there in my life. He must have just come get a haircut, whatever. I sat by him and said, what are you saying, my man? Everything cool? Because, yeah, yeah, everything, just forget it. Everything's cool. You need more like best friends after that. But I never forgot that day because I had a choice. Mm. And God was clear cut in my spirit. He was doing two things. Number one, he was playing a part of establishing me as a man, yeah? And number two, recognizing the boy needs help, mm. yeah? Not your ego, mm. yeah? This voice, God is trying to do with all of us. You understand? All of us, yeah? I'm in the West Indian shop. I go to get my porridge, and I'm there, lining up. Some guy come in, I don't know who he is. He's obviously some big wig, he's loud, screaming, coming, everyone's like, yeah! Yeah, and he walks right past me, comes up and says, yeah, parish with there, parish. And I look at him and I thought, nah. I said, my man, what are you doing? I'm here before you. Yeah, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, talk to me. I said, I'm talking to you. He goes, yeah, now I'll get parish before me. I'm not getting parish before you. Show me his knife. The young person before in me would have took that on. Once again, I knew I could take it. Literally. Forget the law. Not that one there. We know. Before he's going, like, ah! <laughs> but I knew in me. I would laugh because I thought, oh, wow. Wow. I'm, I swear I thought, wow, I've grown up. Mm. Yeah? Because the fool in me back in the days would have tried to do something. Mm. But the man in me rose up and he's there. And it's, you know what? There's silence. People are watching. So I just said, okay, my friend. So you're going to stab me over porridge? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Mash up the thing. No, no, no. All men say you know, I get porridge before me. Well, you're drawing your knife on me, my man. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, I said, listen, porridge mean that much to you. Go ahead, my friend. That isn't me. That's the God in me. 
I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Do you understand? That's what God's trying to do with all of us. So, so a question. One more. One more. We talk about shame, but I've seen in, in the Bible there's there's the concept of Jesus becoming of no reputation mm -hmm. to follow God's will. Yeah. And you know, I'm thinking, what's the difference between shame and becoming of no reputation? Is it the same thing? But okay. He's God. He left his reputation and came down there and put on our foolishness. That's proper, man. Yeah? Willing to leave who he was to come save his children. Hmm. Made himself with no reputation based on who he was. And where shame is concerned, he took our shame. Yeah. Put it on me. Yeah. Put it on me. That's yeah, good. Put it on me. We, God is, let me just say something again. So that, that answers this. You know the story of, you know the, story of the um, woman with the issue of love? Yeah. Yeah? I don't. You don't? Who said that? No problem. There's a woman who had the issue of love. She's got an illness. And because of that, she's not allowed to be amongst the crowd. And in Israel, you're ostracized. Yeah? And, she, and the major thing is she's a woman. And they treat women badly then. Yeah? So she's put aside. She can't be in the crowd. But... Her faith started to build up because of what she'd heard about Jesus. And she said, if only I could just touch him, I'll get my healing. She goes in a crowd. She shouldn't be in a crowd. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going in a certain direction. She makes her way through the crowd. And she touches him. And instantly she gets healed. Instantly she gets healed. And then, you know, the crowd's there with Jesus. And she just wants to tiptoe away. Jesus stops. The Bible says virtue left in power. Okay, Jesus stops and said, who touched me? This is the type of man God's trying to bring us into when you talk about shame, yeah? Who touched me? He's <coughs> terrified. Everyone's looking around him thinking, what's he talking about? The crowd's there. What do you mean? Everyone's crushing you. This party, this jam's going. We're rocking all together. What are you talking about? Yeah. He says, who touched me? She is convicted. She cries out and says, I touched you. This is embarrassing, yeah? Because this woman was not meant to be in the crowd. Yeah. This is the type of man God's trying to bring us to. Where we're not, where we haven't got a problem embracing other people's shame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he should have not said nothing because as a man that's embarrassing and you're now unclean. Yeah. But he doesn't feel no way. This is the type of man God's trying to raise up. Who touched me? She touched me. Yeah, so instantly he knows how they're thinking. That's embarrassing. Should have said nothing. Just say she kind of passed him by. <laughs> Who touched me? He's making a point. She touched me. I have no problem touching her. I have no problem being connected to her. God's trying to raise up men who don't, are not concerned about the word called shame. Okay? What they look like. And she's there, and we talk about her getting a healing. That healing is not as important when he called her daughter. Because she went, she got healed externally, but still left feeling the same way. But when you, when, if you know the, the Jewish, the terminology and how they think, and how, what was happening there, when he said daughter, he was lining her up as if she's connected to God. Daughter. Big words. She left so bold and so confident. God's trying to raise up men that don't mind. Remember what I said about the thingy? Yeah. Taking the shame. Hmm. 
to save a soul, to mm. empower someone else. Mm. Okay. It's a shame for us. We don't want to, you know, I felt shame. I use that in the thing, but the truth was, it didn't matter. True. The men we are called to be, men who have no problem embracing shame for the sake of saving someone else. That's good. Just want to put that in there. So what you said before about um, the men going, the men leaving and doing all this other type of stuff, it sounds like a spirit of rebellion against their position, against their calling, for whatever reason. Mm. And maybe in that instance, they, as you said, cast away that voice. What would you yeah. say, well, stop choosing not to hear from God. Yeah. What would you say to that people in that rebellion Mm. I'm feeling that rebellion or going through the rebellion, how would you say Okay? Now, I cannot mature unless I stay hooked up to the discipline there. So that's why we need people to help us. You need to go back home. That's you being hooked up back to the discipline of being a man. Now, everything else that happens, things happen. Leave, whatever it is. But if you are going to mature and become strong, you need to go back to that process. Back to that plan. Mm. Yeah. So when men leave, mm. we've moved the Christian men leave. They've moved away from the discipline of what they're called to be as a man. Mm. That's cool. You left. Now you need to go back to the process. Mm. And if you keep going back to the process, eventually you will be the process will and the discipline will become one. Mm. And then you become mature and you're not leaving. You're now telling other men not to leave. But it's always about, God's left room for us to, to do what we're doing in a sense. But it's always get back to the process. Get back to the process. So I find all my time telling men, get back home, get back home. What am I doing? Get back to the discipline. I'm not just telling you to go home. I'm also telling you what the word says. I'm also trying to empower you with the word, which I want you to go back to regardless. Because the word carries the power to heal my soul. Okay? Um. We're, everyone is saved? Let's say everyone is saved. Okay. Saved. We would say the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Okay. Uh, without, outside of the Holy Spirit, you have your own human spirit. As soon as you got saved, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in your spirit. Okay. Fantastic. Wonderful. That is the lowest level of spirituality. Highest level of connection with God, but the lowest level of spirituality. That's why we're born again is being saved. That's the lowest level. We now need to grow up and now have what I've received transform me on the inside through the discipline of the word. And even if I've messed up, go back. Mm. Messed up. Keep going back. Go back. Yeah? Because the word is designed to save my soul. Okay? That's really important. Okay? My soul. Our problem Mainly is our soul. Your soul is your will, your intellect, and your emotions. When we get saved, you don't get saved in your soul. Mm. Soul don't get none of that. 
So we hear scriptures in church, old things pass away, all things become new. That's your spirit, man. That's not your soul. If that was my soul, then the Bible wouldn't say I need to renew my mind. If that was my soul, then the book of James wouldn't say receive the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So, as soon as I got saved, Jesus is Lord, hallelujah. Yeah? Hmm. Okay, when you finish with the hallelujah, which is all good, we're going to keep this up alive, God says, let's start the journey. Mm. (laughs) That's good. The journey. And we've now got, we've now got three fights. We're saved, spirit of the Lord dwells in our spirit, but we now have to fight against the residue of my past. Broken spirit. God's made room for that. That's why he says he comes to heal the broken heart. Okay? Hmm. Yeah, sometimes we're telling people to have faith. What faith? You can't have faith. You're too broke up. Mm. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. No, you need healing. Mm. Yeah? And yet by staying under the word, it's healing you. The woman with the issue of blood, she came to a place where she had faith to do the most ridiculous thing, go in the crowd. Because she was hearing the word, faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing. She's getting healed and getting to the place where she can now start to step out by faith. Okay, okay? that's good. This is something we need to hear as men. We all need to hear, but as men, mm. it's a journey. Yeah, we have issues, we have problems. Spirit of the Lord dwells within me. What's to deal with my broken past? But where my soul is concerned, my will, my intellect, and my emotions, that needs healing. Yeah, my mind needs healing based on how I used to think before. Yeah. Okay, or, or, uh, or when things happen, I go back to thinking a certain way. Okay, my, my, where my will is concerned, that's where I need to become strong will and eventually say, I'm going to just trust in God. Where my emotions are concerned, I can't keep reacting that way. God permits it. Remember I said about the voice of the Lord. He permits it. His voice permits baby stage. But after a while, he said, that don't work no more. That don't work no more. No, no, no. If you have children, I've got sons. I've got, uh, and, and my daughter, but where my sons are concerned, as an example, when they're young, I talk to them a certain way, it's fine. But as they start to grow older, nah, 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 nah. That mm. don't work. That don't work no more. Mm. Yeah? And God is trying, that's the area where God has a problem with men. Mm. Yeah? Because that's the area where we do the protocol and we, boom, go on. Now, I just had a question, but I want you to finish your thought, of course. Ah, finish that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, where the presence of a father in the home? Okay. is more detrimental than it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, let's say, because he is not moved on uh, to the next stage of hearing the voice of the Lord, shall mm-hmm. we say. Yeah. Um, and there are other issues that are mm-hmm. involved, but let's just keep it simple like that. Mm-hmm. What are the sons of the house to do? Because if we say, for example, that, and I appreciate that, you, I know you appreciate nuance and things like that, mm-hmm. but you said, generally speaking, oftentimes the message is, get back home, get back home. Mm-hmm. Well, the presence of the father in the home is more detrimental and for the safety of the family, whether emotionally, spiritually, or physically, it is better that he be kept away. That's a different thing altogether. Yeah. That's a totally different thing altogether. Yeah. Because the first thing we're talking about, about men who, who are going for a process. Sure, yeah. And the hope is healing. Absolutely. Yeah, the man you're talking about yeah. is now on a time clock where they keep behaving a certain way. Sure. And it may be you got to go. Yeah. You just got to go. The church, I can't go there. No, let me draw back. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 really tough. <laughs> yeah. I'm a father figure. Some things I'm not, I can't say, which should say. But what happens is that sadly, sometimes the father is detrimental in the home. Mm. He may need to go because of the continuation of that behavior. Mm. It's destructive within the home. So it's not just about his behavior, mm. but the effects he's having on the children and on the wife and so on. Sure. In those scenarios, every, every one of them is different. Of course, yeah. It might mean this brother's got to go. I've had to call police on, on people before sure. as, as a pastor. I've had to call police, go with police, go get the brother. Yeah. yeah, back in the days. I didn't enjoy doing it. That's a lie, I did enjoy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the person was quite aggressive, and violent, I'll be honest, it was one of those scenarios where you kind of felt, double dare you take me. Mm. Yeah, God, give me license. <laughs> <laughs> because I was one of you to, you know, you can rock up your wife like that. Double dare you. He wouldn't, because he knew. My eyes said, I may not be delivered in this one yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I sure not, uh, what's going to come out. Uh, I have delivered. Lord, I need blood, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, in those scenarios, suddenly, May need to go. That's how it goes. That's good. Yeah. yeah, we need to be honest. And as men, we need to be honest to do what's necessary to help others in that area. Mm. Yeah, of course. What's right? Thank you. I've worked in two different secondary schools over the years. Say again? I've worked in two different secondary schools over the years before I went corporate. And along the way, I've taken young boys as mentees and things like that. Mm. And I've always found a struggle where a lot of the boys I work with. They have some issues, power issues, daddy issues, where father's not present. Yeah. And I found it as time has gone, one of the kids I'm working with has been five years now, seen from year seven to year twelve now. But one I found myself in a place where I know I'm not the father, mm. but sometimes I act like I'm the father, which kind of puts a kind of confused state in me. Where for example, like I'd stay in a day where I'd sp- I'd be speaking to him and I have to remind myself, you're not actually the father. But at the same time he looks to me. Do you tell yourself that? I know it's not. I don't tell my. I, I want to be very present there. Mm. However, it's just a matter of. I mean, I'm trying to be mindful of the boundaries because his mother's still in the life in his life. Okay. Yeah. So it's how do you kind of come back? Because I'm sure you've dealt with so many young people over the years. How do you balance that desire to help, but also understanding who you are or where you're mm. at in the relationship? Okay. Biological father. It's not a demonstration of a father. Yeah. It just means that they come from your loins. That's all it means. Ouch. <laughs> so father is not based on biological. It's based on behavior. And now we are. So I work with young people. I've been doing it for years. 20-something years. Yeah? The worst of the worst. I work with criminal young boys. I am a father figure to all of them within that period of time. And I, and I embrace it. I have to. Because in that moment, I am your father. Yeah? I'm not your biological father, but I'm playing the fathering role. So I've had the worst of the worst warm to me, cry on me and everything. Gunman, everything, cry. And make a point because can't handle you being a father the way you are with me. It is, it is, it is your role to be a father to, if you have children, your children, 
but a real father is a father to children, regardless. So in that period of time, you have to be careful, but you have to be that. I used to get upset with my dad because back in the days, we'd have, you know, we'd play with people out on the street, young boys, and one boy, his father would just leave him out there. His parents would leave him out there. And we caught him going in the bin, eating cake in the bin. So obviously you're doomed, isn't it? Yeah, ah, he's gonna look, he's waving. We shouted out, and it was a bin down from where I used to live. And my dad came out, and what's going on? We said, there, he's gonna look, he's dead. He's eating cake in me. But I pulled him up. Now I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Because all my friends are there, and I'm embarrassed because my dad said, come on, call the boy up. I said, no, nah, dad, you can't be doing this. This is shame. Now my house is the lurkies, everything's the lurkies. And he brings him in the house. Mm. I walk in there because I'm shocked. I'm thinking, what are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> my dad sitting down, because my type of parents, our type of parents, used to always have food. Yeah. 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 And I watched my dad give the brother my chicken. My dad would give him, take him out chicken, get him out food, sit him down there, have him eat food and everything, take care of him. And I'm there, I'm embarrassed though. I'm a little boy, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Yeah. And then my dad would, uh, every time, you know, do you want more food, feed him or whatever it is. And wait, eventually, he could stay in our house. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, until his parents came home, wow. then my dad would go over there with the son. And he's not my he's not my brother. My dad played the role. I learned a lot from my dad in how to be a father because I watched him do so many things. I said, "Stop doing that!" Yeah, take me to go and see um, Mrs. Brown or Mrs. Whatever it is. What are we going down there for? Yeah, because we're going to do some shopping for her. You do shopping. <laughs> Leave me be. And he was clever. He would take me deliberately. I didn't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he used to talk to me a lot. And so deceived in me. And here I am, years later, with the same spirit, same heart, same mind. Mm -hmm. I learned from him, being a father goes beyond your children. It's just two but children. Wherever I am, I will be a father instantly. Even for a few seconds. Because those few seconds, that time period you've got with that boy, those time periods that you are a father, you don't realize you're sowing seed. That may be the only hope that saves his life in the future. Oh, that's good. I work with young boys involved in crime, and some of them were like, come bother with what I'm saying. They'll listen to me, but they don't really bother, and they go and do what they want. Years later, I'll be stopped on the street. I don't even know. I don't even remember them. They know my name, Isaac. You remember me? Then afterwards, yeah, I do. Thank you for what you said. Mm. Because they said these words. When I decided to fix up, all he had to hold on to as a point of reference was my words. Hmm. Never underestimate what you're doing. Powerful. I think just to follow up on that, because I think for me, the reason why it's becoming so obvious that I'm, I always knew I'm not a father and yeah. things like that, but having seen him from the age of 11 to mm. now he's 16, mm. And it's, you know when kids are a bit taller than me and things like that, so I have to look up. <laughs> <laughs> think when it comes to just realizing that, because he's, he's, um, 
So in the, in, the, in the school, it was one of those things where that like, he was always portrayed a certain way. Mm. You know how, how they want to expel you, exclude you, and all of that. Yeah. And I was there all through that. But now I'm seeing him growing up in a weird way. It's almost like he's going beyond my reach. Where I'm seeing him becoming, which is great, he's becoming a man of his own. Yeah. But it's making me feel like, damn, am I? Not I'm gonna lose him, but it's just that I don't have as much influence as I thought I did when I was growing up. Okay. Fathers don't lose sons, they fulfill their purpose. That's the job done. Yeah? You don't lose your sons, your job is to fulfill the purpose. Once it's done, they may come back, they may not come back, but if you really fulfill your purpose, you know, in that case, they may come back, whatever, but if they see you, it's getting fine. You have done an incredible job. What? That is the role. What? From how many, five years or whatever, that is the role that was missing in his life. And you now bridge the gap. Now, if he goes on and have a relationship, he can never say that <laughs> he don't have something to work with. Mm. Might not be much, say word, but it's still something to work with. It's good. And God, heaven goes, thank you for that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> There's not one young person I've worked with, not mm. one, I've not treated like my son. I don't even need to think about it. Hmm. As soon as I'm working with you, I don't need to think about it. You are my son. I won't tell you that, but you, I work with you like you're my son. Because how I treat my son is exactly how I would treat him. Hmm. You played an incredible role, and that is what is missing with a lot of the, the well, with these young guys. Just the father. The father, I've said this before, I don't know if I said it here, and this is something that's really powerful, and Satan doesn't want men to, to hear this, yeah. Uh, you can have incredible moms, grands, and everyone that are there to help us. And they support us through our life. However, no woman can bestow upon a man manhood. Mm. No possible. Mm. You can only get that from another man. Mm. No possible. Mm. No matter how good they, they're the greatest parents, greatest mom, always there for me. But at some point. <laughs> what? Some point. What? Another example bestows upon me manhood. An incredible role where Satan is terrified of us finding or working out. Terrified of it. So, that help? Uh, yeah. For those that didn't grow up with their phones, would, would you, if you would encourage them to kind of begin to repair the relationship with one problem, how would you suggest That every case is different, to be honest. See, so there is no there's no one thing fits all. Everything is different. Because in some scenarios, I've worked with young people, definitely don't restore about that relationship. Hundred percent don't restore about that. Your dad's back to the bone. Yeah? You you're only meant to restore on the basis of this thing can work. Yeah. You're not restoring just because he's your dad. No way. Yeah? No way. You can't do that because that is not the, the spirit of a father. Yeah? So fathers care about the fathering of the child. There can only be a restoration if the father is going through a process. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If not, probably best you never see him again. Wow. If you really care, probably best you never see him again. Undo all the seeds I've sown. 
you got to make a distinction between a father and someone who is just a biological father and a male. Fathering is character. Okay? Hmm. And if that don't fit that, and that ain't willing to change, I hope you go in another direction for your sake and you be the father, whatever it is. You just got to be sensible and be clever and be honest. And not everything's going to be restored. Oh, yeah, when one has grown up not from a, a background of affluence or whatever, and it doesn't take affluence to be generous, it doesn't take affluence to be generous, but when you've grown up or someone has grown up in a very um, take care of yours first, take care of yours only, mm-hmm. and you now become a father, how do you come to that place where you're willing to be like, you know what, maybe the kids and us will have less tonight so that these guys can get more? Do you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. How that, that kind of generous fatherhood mentality, mm. how would you say you It's a choice. Those are, those are choices. Yeah. I can choose to be a father to my children or not, and I can choose to be a father to your children or not. Those things are choices. If that resonates in your spirit as a part of your character, you will do that without thinking. Nice. Yeah. If it doesn't resonate in your character, as a Christian man, you will find if you're open to the Lord, you'll be really challenged in that area. Because mm-hmm. God will not allow you Absolutely. to just play the role of being a father to your children and care for others. You can't, you can if you want to, but you're heavily convicted. Oh, I do, yeah. Because he doesn't, he doesn't allow that. So a lot of his choices, and that's a major thing for men, the choices we choose to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if we'll make the right choices, especially from people that are around us, good people, then we can embrace what is right. Mm-hmm. Leave it as a legacy for others to come. So then a follow-up question to that. When you do want to intervene, as the example you gave, and you, you play you play that fathering role. Yeah. But there are forces there are forces that are opposed to you yeah. getting involved. These are my kids, you ain't disciplining my kids. <laughs> but when you've got opposing forces to your intervention, which you feel may be good, would you advise, and I know case by case, mm. that you just have to leave off? Or what would you say? Case by case, but generally you, do, you don't have a choice. Okay, sure. Yeah, unless you're talking about abuse or okay, neglect. Sure. You don't really have a choice. That's just the way it is. However, the only thing you can do, yeah, is like when Jesus laid hands on the kids, you can lay sure. hands in prayer. So, okay. so you can do that. The, yeah. tr- the, the truth is, at the end of the day, that's their household. Yeah. I will do my best. If I can't step in, I can't step in. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Just how it is, yeah. And then I'll just have to intercede and brock you up in prayer. And I was gonna say that a lot of times when some men might go for a walk or get, you know, take a little break, like sometimes it's the pressure in it of, yeah. of everything. Like how do us as men cope with that pressure and deal with it? There's okay. also the pressure in the relationship, but also the pressure that they're dealing with outside of his work, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. All those things. Okay. You know what's really funny? Because we're all at different places. And um, a lot of things depend on the, the growing relationship or non-growing relationship you have with the Lord, to be honest. Because I've helped, well, I've tried to help some men, but I realize I'm coming up against a lack of a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of that, because at the end of the day, I can't give you my oil. I can't give you my oil, yeah? I can try and empower you with my oil. But you need to get to a place where the Lord empowers you. He said that. Right. Prophet. So it's, 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 it's one of those things where pressure is a part of life. 
Yeah. You're going to get out of that. And when we're talking about relationships, you get married, you have a wife. Welcome to the world of, of differences. Mm. Yeah. Come on, sir. When we get married, yeah, you come with your Gucci bag, she comes with her Gucci bag, yeah, like suitcase. And we get married, we love one another, yeah. My, my bad boy Gucci, she has a bad boy Gucci, this is an example of marriage. We love one another. I come with my Gucci bag, you come with your Gucci bag, we come, we live together, we come indoors. But then, and I open up my Gucci bag or, or um, um, what's the briefcase, whatever, I open it up. She opens hers. Whoa. She looks in yours. Whoa. Suddenly, your whole life is in that. Is this what you, that's why we said, is that what you really like? Mm. <laughs> the Gucci bag, the Gucci bag. Talking that real, real fun. Yeah? If you're holding it. Okay, well, what's that knife for? <laughs> That's her. And when she look at you, what's those boxing gloves for? We are going to beat. <laughs> we come with luggage. Luggage. What can happen? Now, careful. One of the mistakes about when people come together to get married as, as Christians, we, we build this world... That's not true. Mm -hmm. So we build this world of, you know, you're Christian, you're doing it right, God is with you, all true. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, all true. <laughs> That's not marriage yet. That's just a covenant agreement. Yeah. Agreement. <laughs> then when things go wrong, yes, sir. Yeah, we are like, ah, I expect things to go wrong. Yeah, your wife hasn't seen you when you let loose. Mm. Yeah? We'll talk. You tell her how you love her and you know, I'm there for you, I hear that honey. But when she's now, he's not in agreement with you, stop going, listen, let me tell you something. She don't remember seeing that before we got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? It's real disputes. Yeah. Or when you're talking to her, she says, okay, I hear you, but I don't hear you. Then when you get married, she tell you, ah, shut your mouth, you idiot. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Because we're not talking it as it is. Oh my God. Yeah? Shut up. Yeah. And the man. Yeah, fine. A fool, fool man. That, hey! That, yeah, it hurts, man. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk it as it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Huh? <laughs> no, bro, that's real, fam. Don't worry, man. My laugh could be no, it's true. The truth, the truth is this. Yeah? That's real. The issue is marriage is about working it out. Don't leave. That's too easy. Leaving is easy. Don't leave. Is it hard? It's meant to be hard. Hmm. Yeah? It's not meant to be easy. Hmm. Two people living together. You can get on and love one another. Me and my wife got a wonderful relationship. Yeah? But we've been through a moment, you know what? She dead, she dead. We know how to talk it. My wife's my best friend. 
But she has to, when I marry her, I come with my insecurities. Yeah. She comes with hers. That don't just disappear when we spin around four times in the name of the Lord. Spin around four times. You know, take two steps. That's all good, but the truth is you have to work it out. Work it out. But the, the glue is called love. Hallelujah. The glue is called love. Hmm. Because all you know when your wife tells you, shut up, man. Hmm. What? Where'd that come from? She ain't really telling you, shut up. Mm. You don't know her past. Yeah. And now you're there. This is why I'm telling you, we're talking to men. Yeah. You're, let, me st- let me start by saying this before going any further. And I said this before. Adam, you have Eve. Eve eats from the tree. Yeah? Nothing happens. She can eat from the tree. Nothing needs to happen when she eats. She can do what she wants. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, God made put a clause there called the covering of the man. When he eats, we were shafted. Shafted. Old word. Sorry about that. There's nothing happens until he does what he did. Okay. Our role is to cover. The Lord says what? The Lord says the children of Israel, the deaf angels come in, gonna brock up every single person. Everyone, uh, uh, Jew, non-Jew that don't have blood on the doorpost. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. What, so, so, so you're meant to put blood on the doorpost. Yeah. So when, when the, the, the angel. death angel comes by, your household is safe. Pass over. Okay. Yeah. Whose role was it to put blood on the doorpost? Yeah. What did you say? The man. He's the door. Jesus. So he puts blood on the doorpost. But this is what gets me. Here's a revelation. In his house is his children and his wife. Wife can play up, son can play up. They cannot be in agreement, but because he put blood on the doorpost, they're all covered. Hmm. That's the power of the man. Hmm. Wife don't have to be in agreement, but as soon as he put blood on the doorpost, kids can play up as soon as they put the blood on the doorpost. God never said, yeah, don't bother putting no blood on the doorpost if your son is rear rear. Yeah, don't put blood on the doorpost. If your wife's not in agreement with you, put blood on the doorpost. <laughs> Covers them. The power of that covering, say the house is rebellious. The power of that covering means that one thing is for certain. Boy. Huh? What'd you say? Can't deny what that did. Yeah. Man's role and it's hard for us. Yeah. In fact, we read in scriptures, down the years, all you hear is where people talk about women, women must submit. Don't use that scripture. You look at the one below that. Yeah, Don't use that scripture, because when men bring that to me, big mistake. Bible says, my wife should submit. Okay, your wife should submit. Let's look on your role. Your role is to die. I'll think I'll take the top one. <laughs> I will take the top one. Because the one below says, hold on a minute, no matter what she does, you are meant to die for her. Sacrificial, more humble, take the licks. <laughs> take else. Because you see further, it's not just about you, it's about us, it's about the kids. So let her leave, you can't leave. You can't leave, yeah? You can't leave, yeah? Lot went downhill as soon as he left his spiritual father, Abraham. Soon as he leaves with enough stuff, 
When Abraham goes to save him, it's just him and his little kids, whatever. Everything gone. That's the power of covering. Yeah, and Abraham took him in, his, his nephew, and played the fathering role to him. As soon as he goes, he's done. Leave before the time. Hmm. It is hard. That's why we also need help, support. Like what you said, when we're going through things, we need to be able to talk to people. Hmm. I'm struggling, I hear that. But I'm here to go through with you. Grab arms and we just wrestle together. We'll do it together. Hmm. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, that's what we need. We are not in this alone. You know the story of Peter? And when Peter, uh, um, the Lord says to him, uh, cast your fish on the other side, cast your net on the other side. Yeah? yeah? yeah. There's something really powerful in there that could be missed. When he, the Lord says, you know, put your net on the other side, he throws his net, catches an incredible catch. Yeah. There's boats around him. Other men are around him. But Peter's adamant. Jesus doesn't say a word to try and pull it all in himself. Jesus watches him. The net's going to break, brother. It's too much stuff. Anyhow, Peter could have pulled that in himself. That would have been Peter doomed. Self-centered. All about me as a man. Mm. No other man. He's trying to pull it in. The Lord just watches him. And he has to say, um, call the other boats. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> Net working. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, <so> Isaac. <laughs> we need to be networking. Stop trying to do it ourselves. I'm gonna store that one. Still. Jesus just watches him. <laughs> oh, oh, so you think so? You think so? All oh, this catches for you. All the other boats are there watching him, but they're in submission because they see how Jesus works with him. Peter, come, guys, come and help. Jesus goes, okay. We're afraid to network. Hmm. Yeah, we love our old kingdom. Jesus. Mm. And it's time to share the kingdom. Wow, yeah, that's all right. We have learned from one another. That's good. You learn from me, I learn from you. I empower you, you empower me. Mm. It's important for me, Paul said in, Ro in Romans chapter 1, about he wanted to go and see the Romans because he wanted to impart in them a spiritual gift. And he goes on to tell you why. Mm. Yeah, so that literally they can that develop and then they can help him. So it's important to me to do my role to empower you. So that when you get to where you get to, I can sit back and say, I need your gift. I need your gift. Work your gift for me. Mm. Yeah. So a father's role is to help their children. And when the children get, get grow up, they help back. I need you empowered. I can't allow my insecurities to get in the way. I need you empowered. That's I need good. you better than me. That's good. Better. I need you going further than me. That's good. Yeah. You glean from me, I glean from you. We don't need any more, it's me, me, me. We don't need them type of men no more. Mm -hmm. We need men to help one another. When we're struggling, we need one another. I get, it saddens me when I see in church, it saddens me when men don't tell you what they're going through. And then next thing I hear, oh, he's gone, gone where? He's left, when did he leave? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago? I was talking to him yesterday. <laughs> what do you mean he left, he left? When they don't tell me, I know already you cut me. I'm not a spiritual father to you no more because you knew what I was going to say. The worst thing men do is we go alone and die alone. Yeah. That's not the plan. We're not here. Look at us all men. We're not here for that. Yeah, we're huh. here to help one another. What we're going through, our marriages, our children, and whatever it is. Yeah, but I hear you. But it's not meant to be easy. Yeah, growing up is hard. Becoming a man ain't overnight. <laughs> yeah? Being a father is even worse. You have to grow into it. 
God's dealing with your insecurities. Mm. Yeah? God dealt with my insecurities when I first tried to, uh, with my daughter, uh, and I come from Jamaican parents, this is me, and my daughter, I can't remember, she was some little girl, said something, and I smack her bum. And my wife said one word to me, brought me up. Why did you do that? She holds harder. What did she do? I started shaking because I started to think, why, why did I smack my little daughter? What's going on here? Well, I said, where did you talk to her? All of my culture just comes through. Hmm. I went before the Lord and repented and was scared, thinking, where did that come from? I didn't know what I did. But all I know it was West Indian. And then from that moment, God started showing me some of it's good. Some of it ain't good. Mm. Some of it's based on their insecurities and their hurts and their pain. Mm. That out. But keep, keep the strong cultural vibes that they had that doesn't mess with my word. Get rid of the rest. That's good. That's, that's it. That's good. That's the, that's the balance. Yeah. That's good. That's the yeah. I cried. Grown and cried like a baby. Cried, cried, cried. <laughs> First time my wife, one of the times my wife corrected me. Because before I was married, she never corrected me. It's only when you get married and it's not correct. If I'd known you was going to correct me before, obviously we would have married you. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving them the playbook, bro. <laughs> but I appreciate my wife. Yes. Because my wife will tell me the truth. 100%, and sir. Tell me about myself. 100%, sir. And when my wife corrected me one time, I remember I said, oh, Lord Jesus, she's not the one. I went before the Lord. Because <laughs> you know, you talk your foolishness. I went before the Lord. I said, Lord, this, you know, this woman you gave me. <laughs> She's trying to correct me. Lord, you need to fix her up. And I'll never forget. God said, it's not wrong with you, her. It's you. I said, no. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I start crying. I repent. This is a process. Process. Yeah? Remember what I said about the sticking with the discipline? Mess up, get back to the process. Just keep coming back until you and it align together. Mm. Satan is scared of us having these meetings and talking. Because mm. we're all going through things. Mm. I'll let you, man. Last question, we're going to close and pray. Thank you so much, by the way, for sharing everything you've shared. It's been really good with that. Um, I think my, my question, maybe to tie things down, is just maybe speak to us about why the voice of God is so important to you. Say again? why the voice of God is so important to you personally. Mm -hmm. Because the reason why I'm asking that is because I think summing everything up, it really comes down, well, maybe what, what I've been hearing, it really comes down to how important this is to you. Mm. Like how important his voice is um, yeah. to actually guide your whole life. And I think that when we look in church, like we see maybe the women are more like excited about the voice of God and hearing him and experiencing him and being led by him. Whereas the men, it's more so, mm, I'd rather just just have the good things mm. of life rather yeah. than actually having the intimacy of God mm. and being led by Him. So, because um, I was going to ask you, you know, what are the practical ways to hear from God? What are the practical... But I, I think maybe hearing your heart posture. Mm. Yeah, if you, just to say, actually, Proverbs eight seventeen: God loves those that love Him. Those that seek Him diligently or early will find Him. Yeah, if you want to start a journey, increase the journey, Get up early. Go before him. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever. Get up, go before him. Take that word with you. 
plus sit down in your soul for get on your knees and say that's this is what happened to me that's what your word says stay there don't say a word hmm. okay hallelujah praise the lord get on with my prayers go back the next day go back the next day hmm. eventually you'll be shocked that's what happened to me and i kept going waiting for five ten minutes no talk yeah You'll seek me and you'll find me and you search me with all your heart. And then one time I sat down there, about a week. I knew, I knew his voice anyway, but I just wanted more. And I was there doing silent, quoting that scripture. As I was getting up to get up, getting ready to go, all I heard is Isaac. Went on, here I am today. If you want the tightening of the voice, seek the voice. Mm. You will get it. But I will say why it's important, why the voice is more important to women than it is to men, in one sense, is because women enjoy the voice of a father figure. Hmm. <laughs> their hoping will come from you as well. They enjoy that voice, that warm comfort. I was in, have you had a Tim Westwood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this is a thing called Under the Arch in Vauxhall before your time. Yeah. <laughs> East of this thing called Under the Arch in Vauxhall, hip hop. Yeah, in Vauxhall, yeah, Archie's there. I used to go there. Me and my brethren used to go there. Them days, you used to only smoke weed. There wasn't none of this stuff here, yeah? Never paid for anything, because all my friends, we didn't, you weren't called drug dealers, yeah? You just had stuff. It <laughs> 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 weren't big like that, kind of thing, yeah? So all my friends were in it. I never paid for nothing, nothing. Never hardly paid, hardly going in places, because I was, you know, one of those, those geezers. And what happened was that, you know, we'd have all drugs and everything, weed and that, and uh, we was getting ready to go to the jam. And for some reason, I couldn't take anything. And I was disturbed, but they didn't know. Because I thought, why can't I? Something just blocked me from taking weed or drink, and I was actually a bit worried. What's wrong with me? Getting soft, guys, getting soft. Go to the club. When I go to the club, I walk into the club and give it sure. As I walked into the club, I don't want nothing to do with church. I walk in there, as I walk into the jam, it's dark, everyone's doing their thing. I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I'm walking to go to the dance floor, I hear Isaac. I pause, because when God speaks, you know. I pause, and I hear Isaac. Now, this is my house. That's how I'm thinking. Mm. So I said, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing in here? I come for you. Nah. He said, let me show you what's going on in here. And then the see-through hand comes like this and just goes like that, like it's pulling back something. Everybody's dancing, doing their thing. Yeah? When he does that, everybody's doing their thing and there is a demon beside every single person. Every move you did, the demon was doing it. Every move. Every move. Exactly. Same timing. Every move. I stood there and I watched it. I said, that's enough for me. <laughs> My friends come in the jam, eyes me say, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, you call it, everything's cool. <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> I said, on the wall. My brother was in, um, my brother was bad to the bone then. Yeah, my brother was in a party, Chinese little robbing business. Big mistake, got held up, nearly kidnapped, you could say, in the place there. They, they went to kill him, took out a chopper, went to chop him. As they went to chop him, they couldn't bring down the knife. They couldn't bring down the chopper. It wouldn't come down. So every time they went to chop him, they couldn't chop him. Someone in there was a Christian, stopped it, chat to him. He told me what happened to him. I told him what happened to me. He said, one of them invited us to church. We went to church the next day. 
Yeah, when we went to church the next day, I got saved. In fact, I went there, uh, uh, we stood up at the back. We must have looked like robbers. We stood up at the back. They come to us because we don't like church. Yeah, they come to us and they try to say, come and take a seat. That's all they saw. Why don't you sit down? Don't go there. We just stood up. Imagine, we just stood up at the church. Mm. Poor pastor must have thought we'd come to rob the place. <laughs> both me and my brother just stood up at the back like this. <laughs> I would have been like, yo, holy ghost. <laughs> and he's, he's pastoring. As he's pastoring, I hear the voice again. The voice hits me so hard. It was like, you ever seen the film Matrix? Yeah. The voice hit me so hard and in a split second, but it was like, Jesus Christ is Lord. If you die today, you're going to hell. Blah, blah, blah. He was just talking to me and I knew. And in a split second, I knew Jesus Christ is Lord. In the mid flow, he's preaching. Yeah, I heard the, that's when I heard the voice. I go straight to the front. Wow. Throw myself on the floor. And out of my spirit, which I didn't know them, out of my spirit came, what must I do to be saved? Go save them. Brother didn't want to be saved. They said, they, yeah, they said, let us pray for you. They prayed for you. My brother dropped on the floor. He's rolling around like he's lost his mind. He's rolling the other way because my brother was into fighting and stabbing and all sorts of things. And he's crying like a baby. And I said, what happened to you, mate? <laughs> Deliverance. I thought I was it. But I heard God's voice. And he says, you think you're bad? And just rolled me around. Showed me, say, yeah, you ain't nothing. I told him every knee walked out. Jesus. We got saved. I only got saved because of the voice. The voice of a father. I didn't know God cared for me as an individual. Because I never got that from church. I just got God, 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 blah, blah. I didn't know he was concerned about me. And in that voice was what I needed to hear. Yeah. And, and from that day to this day, the voice of the Father means more to me than anything. Yeah. Because I had, for me, I had a natural father, but now I heard a greater voice. And when the voice means that to men, then your life starts to change. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Power is not as important as presence. You go do a fast. You go do one day fast, two day fast. Tell God I want presence. Presence. That's good. That's good, sir. Presence. Yeah. And also, men don't know glory. Glory in Hebrew would refer to we call it the goodness of God. It's more weighty presence of God. I was in my house, sleeping with my wife at the time. We only had like, mattress on the floor with our, our daughter. Yeah, middle of the night, I'm gonna stop. That's cool. Stop. Yeah, in the middle of the night. All that, in fact, before I went home, someone prophesied, God said he's coming to see you tonight. I said, please, stop them talking. <laughs> <laughs> went home, went to sleep. I was actually scared, to be honest. Three o'clock, about three o'clock. I wake up, wind blowing in my room. Curtains blowing. Glory upon me. I can't move. I'm looking on my wife, calling her. She can't move. You knock her out. <laughs> so I've never been so. I, I thought, what is this? I can't move. The weight of the presence of the Lord. The Lord. Then it eases off me. And I, I can't stand up. I have to crawl out of my room. As I'm crawling, the presence is coming out. And I'm going, no, 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 no. I got saved when I was what, 20 something? Yeah, that's right. I said, come back when I'm in my face. <laughs> <laughs> You're a joker, bro. <laughs> come back when I'm in my face because I knew what he was saying. Wow. Isaac, there's a call on your life. No, I'm not ready for that. 
In the interim, I might want to have a little, you know, a little jam or whatever. No, no. Screaming at him, no, no, no. Come back later on. And I remember saying, you're not meant to be this real. Wow. All his eyes, I just cried. I said, okay, I'll give it. We don't know voice properly. We don't know presence. We don't know glory. Jesus. That's what real Christianity is about. Churches don't know presence. or barely know the presence. But we certainly don't know glory. Yeah. God is one scripture in the Bible named one of God's name is that He's a jealous God. Yeah. yeah. We don't realize what that means. Huh? Oh, it's like a father or a husband to a wife, jealous to show you glory. You <laughs> need to crave presence in your then your life will never be the same. I'm used to glory. Roughly once a week, turning up in my house and I can't pray and I'm on the floor out. I'm used to presence. This is normal for me. I've lived like this for years because it's meant more to me than gift and calling. Gift ain't got no room in heaven. Just presence, glory. We need men of presence and glory. Yes. Sorry, we're going on, sir. That's powerful, man. That's a big